This is the Steady Talk Podcast, hosted by Chris, Jordan, Jeremiah, and myself, Shamar, your solo host for this episode today. If you've listened to past episodes of the Steady Talk Podcast, you may know me as one of the more wordy members or uh, introspective musically members of the uh, group of ours. And today I want to put some of that to use. Hopefully you find that enjoyable. We'll be covering introspection, therapy, depression, anxiety, love lost, and possibly suicidal thoughts. This is my experience taking seven grams of magic mushrooms and listening to all of Kendrick Lamar's discography prior to the release of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Three, two, one. Bitch, I'm busting out. I'm busting out. give some backstory and make sure that we're all on the same page going forward um you know i would ask that everyone not front we've all been broken we've all been lied to we've all felt heartbroken we've had failed talking stages failed relationships effort put in places that we didn't think would ever turn out to be as not fruitful as they did in the end we've all also been in the wrong we've all made mistakes we've all hurt people that we only meant to do good by big small short tall we're all human now how we get past these hurdles in life is what makes us different it's what causes great things it's what causes horrible things i get past these things in life through music obviously and for me I feel like one of the best artists in the hip-hop sphere to listen to is probably Kendrick Lamar when it comes to really going deep and doing self-examination. So with that being said, let's get into it. So where does it start? Well, a few days around uh, the middle of last year before my birthday, I was asleep. And I had a very, what I consider now, silly nightmare about a very traumatic, you know, juxtaposition, a very traumatic relationship I had when I was in middle and high school. The individual I was with at the time, um, for the sake of time, let's just say that we were two kids way over our heads in life trying to come together and make something from nothing however as cute and as fairy tale as that is me at my big age could not allow it i woke up from this dream i went to the kitchen and i opened a jar of magic mushrooms i proceeded to make an entire pot of tea out of these mushrooms and drink it doesn't taste bad for any of those wondering um yeah (laughs) almost instantaneously i get the strongest headache i've ever had along with vertigo as strange as that is but not strange in hindsight but at the time i was very confused i went to the living room and i laid down and i buried my face into the corner of the chair and i grabbed my big nice overhead headphones picked up my phone 
turned on Good Kid, Mad City. All right, one take Drake, baby. Let's do it. So now I'm at the beginning of a, a trip. And for most of you, when it comes to listening to Good Kid, Mad City, the album might start with uh, Shireen, a.k.a. Master Splinter's Daughter. Not for me. Um, I have a playlist saved on Spotify called Good Kid, Mad City in chronological order. If you're a fan of the album, you know that um, a few of the songs have the skits at the end of Kendrick Lamar or his family or his friends, you know, going about their day in the conceptual universe of, you know, this memory Kendrick Lamar's having and is telling us on this album. So for me, in my album experience, it starts with the song Compton by Kendrick Lamar featuring Dr. Dre. Whenever you're any kind of inebriated, music feels way more intense to you. And like, for me, listening to that song, that grand opening, sorry, grand opening, those, uh, the swelling instrumentals, it was just a perfect introduction in my mind to really get in that headspace, to stand at the forefront of my internal issues and take it on however, whenever I need to. Um, a lyric that really like shocked my mind into this place was when Kendrick just comes onto the track and just yells, not everybody celebrate the new Kendrick Lamar. And it's like, that's it. That's what's happening. That's what's about to happen to me. I'm going to become a new me. It's like, I've declared that I have arrived and I have accepted my situation and no one is going to move me out of this. Music is so subjective that I can't necessarily tell anyone to go and listen to a song and feel this way. But what I can do is at least guide you to the direction of a narrative of thought to guide you through the track. So for me, what I was feeling was boyish arrogance. Great song, wonderful instrumental, but in the context of the album, um, at least for me with this song coming at the beginning of the story, Compton feels like a young man who is looking around his environment as if no one in the world can knock the chip off his shoulder. That's what Compton felt like to me. In terms of my personal life and the dream that started me down this whole path, um, you know, being in middle school, high school, when I was younger, uh, you know, there were a lot of instances where I just felt invincible. Nobody could say anything to hurt my feelings. There wasn't any scenario that I could be put in that would ever necessarily be turned bad for me. But all of that kind of changed whenever I got into a relationship. Now I was standing for something, not just myself. I had to defend something, not just myself. And that became the sort of turmoil that I was involved in with myself of trying to understand how to navigate this new section of life where, you know, all I've ever had to stand for was myself. I've never had to stand for the larger picture of you know, Bro, I, if I say myself one more fucking time, I'm going to lose it or something else, a relationship. Sort of, kind of like Kendrick Lamar in this album where, you know, he's, you know, been a young kid. He's been himself his entire life, obviously. But, you know, as we find out through the album, he gets wrapped up with his friends, wrapped up with girls, wrapped up with gangs. And he now has to stand up not just for himself, but for his friends, for his family, for Compton. And I think that is just a perfect explanation and 
Headspace, grand opening, synonyms. This song is amazing. And hopefully that helps you understand where I was getting to uh, at the beginning of this swelling journey of sound and emotion. We're not going to do every track. Don't worry. Next track, though, that I want to bring uh, significance to is probably a fan favorite of anyone who's ever listened to this album is Mad City. What does Mad City represent in the grand scheme of growing maturity, growing out of, you know, those internal turmoils, those self-destructive habits that we all sort of have encompassed in our life, at least at some point? Um, For me, Mad City is raw emotion there was there's pain there's anger and it's all the release of a hardened person who is initially not hardened um you know i think it's kind of funny when you look at adults and older people around us and think like wow like you know your parents have probably told you before like oh i was your age once but they were genuinely our age once dealing with these same kind of things and didn't have the kind of answers that we do and even with the ability to find more answers we still find ourselves coming up short and when you have no answers to the things you're feeling when you don't have the words and the logic and the knowledge to really express the full depth of what it is that you're going through internally be it heartbreak be it anger be it jealousy it can always come out even worse than what you've initially ever wanted it to. And I think that's kind of how Mad City is for Kendrick Lamar. He's now this angered individual who just wants to cause violence and harm to other people. And moving very fast and very forward and skipping a lot of details in the story of uh, my relationships and breakups, I feel like any man who's ever lost out on that specific someone in their life, uh, there is this emptiness that comes and it's not so much empty and nonchalant more empty and reckless you don't care about yourself or the things around you and this is one of if not the hardest stage of a depressive manic episode mad city is a depressive manic episode Let that sit for a second. The kind of manic that makes you cut off uh, some of your closest friends. The kind of manic that makes you delete social medias and go dark. The kind of manic that makes you spend a lot of money. The kind of manic that makes you highly, highly confrontational. Um, And yeah. Uh, If you haven't been there, I don't think you live really. Not not really. Um, No. I think in terms of relationships, though, you can best find that during your worst arguments or during the last argument. <laughs> yeah, you know, that one that just really drives the nail home and makes it to where whatever this connection was, it can never be connected again. That final severing link. That's what Mad City is. Mad City is the final cutoff point before there's no return. The point of no return. Mad City. This might be a neurodivergent specialty, so 
I apologize if you can't follow this level of autistic thinking, literally. Um, and the song Sing About Me, I'm Dying to Thirst, which is our third song to examine from this album. Uh, the one word I could use to describe it is lonely. He takes three different perspectives of people, um, all talking to him. The last perspective being Kendrick Lamar, just referring back to his own life and the things he's gone through, which um, I want it to be understood that self-reflection conversations with yourself, with your shadow, as some people more uh, in tune with therapy and things like that would uh, understand that is to some extent a separate person from you that's the person that you try not to be that's the person you don't acknowledge that's the person that other people have not acknowledged of you and that you have in turn tried to disregard and discard from yourself the other two people one being the brother of the young man that was killed on the album the other being the sister of a woman referenced on Kendrick Lamar's first mixtape section 80 these three individuals to me represent the self Kendrick Lamar his last verse lust the second verse uh, featuring the sister of you know section 80 and the first verse which is aggression uh, the brother who is reaching out to Kendrick hoping that at the very least Kendrick makes it out of the situation that they're all in and this to me is a very pivotal section of self-realization when you are at the end of a relationship whether you are the person who got broken up with or the person who did the breakup there is a decision to be made Kendrick Lamar's music is very strong and very centered around the importance and the ability to just make a decision and how that affects things going forward let's look at it like this the relationship has ended things just didn't work out both a little heart torn but that's only assumed for the other party you yourself you know you're hurt you've gone through all these emotions you've thought about and you've reworked you've re-listened to and watched all kinds of just mental images and memories and screenshots conversations trying to figure out what happened and now at this stage of finality you have a decision to make what kind of person do you want to be do you have the capacity in yourself to remain you we're looking at the third verse of sing about me i'm dying of thirst where kendrick is reflecting on himself do you have the capacity to just take this experience in stride stick to your guns and continue forward being as real as possible do you turn to lust and validation and trying to feel something again where your everything has been taken away from you do you turn to aggression and create a a vicious cycle that 
doesn't stop for you or the people around you due to the hurt that has been caused to you. Man, this might sound like something to simply shrug off, but when you're in the moment, when you're feeling those emotions, it's it really does feel like dying of thirst. It feels like being handed a red pill or a blue pill and being asked to choose a fate to be your only. The album keeps going though. And after you make a decision, after I made a decision, I decided I wanted to be real. Real is a part, real is a song off the album. Real is real. Real is a moment that I feel every man needs to go through in their life. No man is perfect. Shut the hell up. Um, you have to be able to admit you're wrong. You have to be able to admit your vices. You have to be able to admit that some of the things you do, some of the things you say, some of the ways you act and the things you participate in in life are not okay. No matter how gratifying no matter how good they make you feel, the overall narrative and problem, the story they contribute to being actions that exist in this world with many people with a a winning class and a class of losers of exploited situations like that can't necessarily exist. Kendrick Lamar talks about. Uh, the girl he attracts, which is the first verse of the song, is this you know very promiscuous woman. But as we learn, you know later, hindsight, uh, looking back at all the previous work Kendrick Lamar has done now, uh, lust and you know fidelity is something that Kendrick Lamar has always struggled with. It seems, and he comes to his first admittance of that. You know, it seems right here on this album, aggression. Second verse, third verse, Kendrick Lamar references it. You're the homie that packed burner. <sighs> what is it about violence in in our community that is just so attractive? Well, the intellectual of us knows the answer. And it's the constant subjugation of black people that makes us off to be these ne'er-do-wells you know these these individuals that just can't get it right people who are completely lost in thought and action when in truth we are targeted misled and you know just made to hate each other through minor infractions and made-up concepts only to further the divide you know, a collective unity between all of us. I think real is a song in which any wanting to do good individual is should have an epiphany of all the ways they continue to not do good in life, you know, not only, you know, in action, you don't have to physically harm someone to do a bad thing. You don't necessarily have to say something about someone to do a bad thing. Doing nothing can be the bad thing. Saying nothing can be the bad thing. It's about taking a closer look at 
the issues around you and seeing how they really affect people. It might seem very simple and, you know, this is something that makes me weary of sharing this whole story with anyone because there's the uh, the joke that, you know, men take psychedelics once and then figure out the things that 13 year old girls know in middle school, which is I personally agree with because uh, also from this trip and through listening to Kendrick Lamar's music, listening to, you know, the information being given to me or, uh, you know, you as a man have to internalize that the life of a 14 year old girl and a 14 year old boy society uh, wise is completely different the looks the impressions and the uh, the assumptions made about you are just completely different and are completely out of the comprehension of most men they never uh, expect or understand the kind of thoughts people around them are having about you know the young girls that they might see as just I won't speak on that because to be honest, young men are kind of crazy. I don't even know what they see uh, their young female peers as. I think a very important question that kind of, I don't want to say it goes over the wayside, but I feel like it's not looked at at the proper angle or at least just isn't shifted to enough angles and discussed the chorus um you know the refrain of the song is but what does love have to do with it when i don't love myself um wow kendrick that's a lot that's uh that's a lot to think about if you allow yourself to go to that headspace Let's take it back to uh, the original topic, which is the ex-relationship nightmare. And what does this question mean to me at that moment while I'm laying on the couch with my head buried, going skyrocketing in my mind on this trip? Um, did I, myself as an individual, carry and support that relationship out of a true appropriate mature love I think the word love gets thrown around a lot um, and it's kind of like the word literally or obviously you know things in that nature that people just kind of say as a blanket statement for the larger picture or the more minute picture rather uh, instead of just going in complete detail about how they feel about something oh I love it oh I hate it uh, oh, this is what literally happened. Oh, that's obviously what's going on. It's when you just when you decide to dissect uh, those blanket words and fill in the blanks with the appropriate wordage, you get sometimes uh, completely different emotions than what you initially wanted to represent. Love can really just be self-satisfaction and you know grandiose communication with another individual where you you love the feelings that they give you but is this really love for another person you know 
you you love money but is the love of money really the fulfillment of what was a lifelong a lifelong lacking of money uh lust <laughs> is is it love is it love or is it just the feeling of intimacy i know men personally who probably just need a hug but you know they find it they find that comfort in uh, other places <laughs> and you know they they get confused when they find themselves in instances with people that have you know negative feelings towards them because they feel like they've been used or they've been lied to and manipulated and without the pro the uh, the appropriate vocabulary and the appropriate intuition situations like that uh can always get shrugged off as just i don't care when everything has you know in reality a cause and effect because this happened to me or because this happened to someone else i'm going to do this a lot of people don't allow themselves to keep constantly making that distinct distinction because the immediate action that uh whenever that cause occurred the decision of how that it would affect them was made and the situation was then stored in a box never to be looked at again and now they only tout the effect caused from it and not the cause i think the cause is just as important and I think when we go back and look at the cause with a more mature mindset and a more mature vocabulary, we can find out that it had more decisions to offer than what was initially taken away from it. Some people choose to live in a very spiteful, a very angry, very lustful life. I'm not, you know, trying to guide anyone's religious or spiritual beliefs, but there are cheaters. <laughs> Like there are liars, there are people who are just thieves for thieving stake, not like some innocent kleptomania. Like they really just like robbing people. The bad decision makers exist in the world who just don't care to do internal research or feel too scorned by the world to do internal research. They feel justified in their effect. And I'm not saying that anyone isn't, but there is the allowance of re-examination at any problem any cause and you have at any time in your life the ability to go back and look at that and decide that this cause does not have to affect me this way forever i can become a different person i can become a better person i can be real i think that was good i think that was really good But here's the thing, right? So for me, the album, uh, going back to the point of this all, <laughs> you know, uh, 2020 me is still somewhere high on a chair, kind of breaking down, kind of rebuilding, kind of not okay in the stomach area. This tea really isn't the most healthy thing uh, to be digesting at seven in the morning. So... Not only did I listen to Good Kid, Mad City, um, it was the entire discography, 
prior to the release of Mr. Morale at that point, save for Section 80. So we're looking at major label releases. We've gotten through Good Kid, Mad City. For me, in my mix uh, and rendition of the album, that's about 45 to 50-ish minutes. Now we have to go through to Pimp a Butterfly and carry with myself this concept of being a growing individual who is now sort of a young man. So in my head during this trip, I've gone from my middle school years, say 13, 14, 15, to now I'm 17, 18, 19. I am 21 currently. You might think, you shouldn't think, if you're of my age, you should know that from from 17 to 20, oh goodness, you're such a completely different person if you allow yourself to be. So now I, I internally I understand that I am a young man who has made flawed decisions, but I at I've always wanted to do good and I'm willing to do the work to examine myself at this moment. Now we get to to Pimp a Butterfly. Kendrick Lamar's sort of ask to the black community of what is insert whatever it is you question in life what is love what is money what is hate what is all these different things what does it mean to make it what does it mean to fail what does it mean to be real what does it mean to be loyal and where do you go after you find the answers to all these questions uh we're gonna come back and discuss my trip my decision making and my feelings towards Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Oi, baby, and you're smiling. It's a shiyar. It's on bullets now. If Good Kid Mad City was acknowledging the problem of the other, To Pimp a Butterfly for me became the album about acknowledging the problems of my past self now. Uh, we started from a singular issue, um, you know, like a one-to-one -one connection, and now I try to focus on every connection, every person I know, how they affect me, what do I do, how do I treat these kind of people in my life, why, why do I treat these people the way I do? And in terms of like the point, uh, the context of this entire story, me being on the couch, we we know the album uh, "Spin for Butterfly" starts with Wesley's theory. I could I can stand finally. Uh, my stomach stopped hurting, and I'm just dancing around the entire room. Um, yeah. It 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 was. I mean, you try not to dance to Wesley's theory. God damn it! Don't look at me crazy. It was it was a good feeling to finally be out of that gray area, uh, despite it's Pepper Butterfly being um, a great album cover. I feel like it's probably one of Kendrick Lamar's most colorful albums in terms of sounds. It's just such a good funky vibe to be to be frank. Um, I've been laying still for literally an hour, bro. So like, yeah, at this point, it's like eight in the morning. And I have all the energy I could ever want. So it's great. For me, 
song wise uh, with this album the focus of intuition began with institutionalized and this is when I knew that uh, the being kicked in listen to the first like 46 odd seconds of institutionalized and the instrumental in the background for me uh so, you know i mean it would probably everybody you'd probably hear it and think okay this is just some simple loop but it feels like it's in reverse it feels like it's being pulled away from progression it feels like something's trying to climax and it's not being allowed at every point right there at the cusp of getting to that resolution it just reverts right back to the beginning and to me um that is the struggle of growth it's so hard to make a change in life and really really stick to it and just get to that point and stay there and you'll find a lot of obstacles in life where you just get back back down to the point that you started at you know it's uh, if you're older, think about fucking Mario and Donkey Kong and the goddamn ladders. You know, life is going to hit you in the face with a goddamn barrel. I promise you that. But, you know, while I was listening to it, um, uh, institutionalized, the first beginning part, I had this this freestyle ish thing. I don't I'm, I'm not a rapper. I'm not going to rap. The line initially goes, uh, what money got to do with it when I don't know the full definition of a rap image. I'm trapped inside the ghetto and I ain't proud to admit it. Institutionalized. I can still kill me a nigga. Hold up. That's the original verse. I'm listening to the song in the moment. The refrain that you know, snippet there uh, swims back twice. First time it goes through. The second time my brain has worked up this rendition to specifically fit my problem fit my life and hopefully don't front on me hopefully you can you know find some intuition in it as well what love got to do with it when i don't know the full definition of a good living i'm trapped inside a cycle and i ain't proud to admit it sex and intimate lies i'm in love with all of these women so what i don't know i'm not a rapper but i do find that sentiment that cycle that cyclical nature of just constantly reverting back to the thing you've tried to escape to be a common theme in my life it can be a common theme in your life and you know musically i found that theme to be very strongly represented through the beat and maybe uh you know through some of the lyrical content as well but you know blame uh the bean that first minute odd section just really stuck to me on my track list of songs that I had written down for this album um, you and all right also appear but I feel like those songs are both uh, title wise and you know lyrically just notorious enough and well known that the sentiment and the context for why those songs would be important is already understood. I want to move on to the last song that is relevant to this album. That is Complexion. Complexion is a wonderful, wonderful song. Uh, it makes me cry almost every time. 
with Rhapsody's verse. Uh, ain't no stress. Jigaboo's wanna be. I ain't talking J. Mm-mm. I ain't talking B. Look, if you're white, don't call nobody a Jigaboo. That shit ain't cool. If you're black, don't self-identify as a Jigaboo. But at the same time, if you are black, like the feeling of just being down and out and just being like, yo, a nigga just want to be okay is so unique to the black experience. And, you know, just... I don't if you're not black you can't feel it bro but like there's something spiritual there where it's just like yo I'm just trying to exist for years that's what it is for years just our our ancestors the people before us it's just a passed down feeling of constantly being under work and stress and pressure to exist and if that could ever find us all without having to break a sweat or you know fight back against somebody forward i think we would all find a very great piece self-hate for me is crazy um as a concept and as an ailment of you know the spirit to go through i think making a song to really stress black love uh especially for like the newer generation i'm not saying black love songs have not existed that's in the entire early 2000s 90s r&b duh but there was definitely something needed to catch the mainstream ear of the entire uh, black hip hop community. And uh, whenever, at the time at least, whenever I, I listened to it, it reminded me I felt like a child. Like I felt like I really didn't have the the, the judgment and the hate that I've dealt with not just like from you know white individuals being racist like from family you know cousins and you know people of you know older than me trying to bully me and talk down on me the rhetoric that was spread throughout school these are all things that you know we might not acknowledge we understand that you know they exist people say these things but we don't care we we act like we don't but they have all taken root in our psyche in our community in our society and have created narratives that just enable us to hate ourselves by default we've taken default characteristics of ourselves and just made them bad i was teased for being having big lips big forehead fucking dark skin you turn the lights out oh where's shamar go silly stuff right crazy but you know when we're at school when we're uh you know in front of all these people when you're someone like myself um you know you're not very confrontational you might talk back you know you get your verbal lick back and that be that but you see the effect of that comment you know the laughter and the people that have joined in and have you know may have not said yes i agree you are dark as shit but they laughed they found enjoyment in the comment because they thought it was funny and it's not always funny because the joke never stops this you know the lights go out where did i go thing wasn't just a middle school high school thing this was high school this was every time the smart board needed to go on this was my friends black or white this was just the way they would treat dark-skinned individuals people talking about my hair i had afro at sometimes i had a low buzz in my earlier years i had a big ass head or it's like damn what is all this shit on top of your head as if i'm some form of space alien 
crazy ass anti-blackness i can tell you right now and this is very astray but it really isn't um in moments of like extreme stress and anxiety i would decimate my hair uh just shave the sides cut the top fuck it all up just to feel better about myself to make a change something that i had control over because i can't change my skin color can't be lighter you know so gotta do something Go stream any Rhapsody song. More love and support needs to be shown to her. No name. Um. <sighs> Anna Wise. Anna Wise featuring on this album with Kendrick Lamar. Just these beautiful individuals. Um, you know, if you can, if you have the time, you should definitely go listen to any of their music. It's all amazing. <sighs> Pimper Butterfly is a lot uh, material-wise to go through. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to dissect. And not saying that every song on this album didn't relate to my specific situation, but these two specific songs institutionalize and its cyclical nature of just failing to move forward the way you want in complexion, the installation of self-hate and coming out of it to appreciate yourself the people like you and to remove those negative narratives from your internal being are just very very i think important parts of my journey to getting past this nightmare about love loss also what i'd become to realize now getting to this second phase of my listening experience was figuring out my own personal definition of what love was um that was very new for me i don't think anyone has actually ever done that uh like we 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 get crushes we have intimate feelings for specific people we care about our family members but love being the kind of word it is um you know i'd love to do that is is like an, an adverb almost uh my english hopefully isn't failing me completely but you know i think we need to examine not only the feeling of what we say love is but also the actions that accommodate love and see if they are properly congruent a lot of times they aren't people say they love something but or they love someone but next thing you know that love has a cutoff point and everyone should have boundaries absolutely but if you love someone when you interact with that person you have to be acting in love acting in love not acting in the sense of pretending but action of love I don't think a lot of people understand that. A lot of people uh, take what is love actions and feel them more as chores or responsibilities, burdens on their person. And it's why a lot of families <laughs> can get torn away because we don't understand that, you know, love isn't just our feeling, but it's our responsibility. Damn, that's hot. Mm. <laughs> Damn.
so contextually uh in my person where i am at the point of listening to this album uh after songs like you after songs like um how much a dollar really cost after mortal man the energy i felt i found in the initial you know playing when wesley's theory came on had sort of died down because i knew where this was going which was initial well inevitably sorry was inevitably taking me into damn probably the most contextually dense Kendrick Lamar album it won him a goddamn Pulitzer Prize if that's any indication of the kind of wording and thought that uh we're dealing with here but I'm not going to take you through an entire TED talk of the meaning of this album this is about me this is my episode (laughs) we start with the song Yah which uh for the uninitiated initiated for the uninitiated is uh a true pronunciation and name for god full name yahweh we're not discussing that right now that is why the name of the song is yah though radar is buzzing the chorus of this song that part that just continues to loop over and over is about god calling kendrick lamar to make change to go on this journey and do the due diligence and understand where his life has led him from you know being 16 17 to you know in his 30s 32s whatever hell he was at in uh the year 2017 for me uh with the understanding of yahweh with the understanding that um the radar is buzzing is god calling i felt um excited and validated in my decision making up to this point to you know get up out of my sleep from this nightmare and you know do this journey on my own some would say oh you should go to therapy but i felt perfectly comfortable perfectly sane and uh well-mannered enough to examine myself in this manner and once again kind of like compton uh yeah served as a great opening beginning track uh you know not the opening opening but one of the first tracks to really get me into the headspace uh where i can do what needs to be done um i'd realize that i'm just fucking weird like that's that's the statement that i was running with at this time i had done so much growth and assessment and had decided that i didn't necessarily it's not about deserving validation it's looking at the bigger picture and I felt that the bigger picture was that I was too old and at too far of a point in my life to still be worried about or facing any sort of internal mental issues, uh, nightmares, ill feelings toward this entire situation, relationship and any relationship that has happened prior to where I sat at that current moment.
lust can be described as the cyclical nature of hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure and self-righteous actions. It sort of pains me to have to like re-examine this whole narrative around sex and things like that because it's such a touchy topic for people because no one really feels comfortable truly talking about their sex everyone's got a kink some sort of thing they keep on the wraps it's not here or there but what i felt it was with my personal situation one of the things that ailed me the most was the pursuit of other women Mm, not a good thing not a good thing at all why is it not a good thing because it hurts people that i am trying to involve myself with why am i trying to involve myself with these people here is where a lot of men will miss the point say something else or whatnot i was empty with a lacking of care from my parents feeling outside of my friend groups which is an oxymoron in itself uh i found pleasure in being a woman pleasing individual don't take that in a weird way I'm still in school Um, but I just surrounded myself with women I'm constantly talking flirting just being that guy that they want me to be for the fear of ever being alone stuck in my own tiny world that is what it is And I was able to figure that out while listening to this song. It's very rapid. It's very sporadic. Kendrick Lamar has this very fast flow. Describing this repetitive cycle that men and women go through of just doing things that serve to fill where they feel empty in life. Spending lots of money, going out to clubs, partying getting into violent acts just to let off steam and aggression that they can't find a proper avenue for i found myself a child amongst other people all doing the same thing kind of sort of just hurting each other and seeing who is gonna drop out first like literally um the relationship dynamics in school are horrible. The friendships are toxic and the the mental sanctity is nowhere to be found. Um, and without any parental guidance, you can do so much damage to your psyche and your decision making. And getting to that age of 17, 18, where you start to feel like an adult, you start to feel like you know things. With this damaged uh, point of reference, you know, you know, these young, very juvenile relationships is only a recipe for an oncoming disaster if it is not looked at properly. Um, spoke on infidelity earlier. Um, this is something I've always been honest about. So, you know, it is what it is. But. It was before I accepted that I felt unloved by my family. So that is what it is. Wow, this is weird. (laughs) Three minutes though.
last song is fear. How does love and fear correlate? Do you feel easily abandoned? Do you feel looked over? Do you feel cared for? Do you feel alive? And does feeling alive make you happy? Do you feel like yourself? Do you miss someone? Do you wish someone missed you? Um, I had so much fear when I was younger dealing with these relationships. Um, everyone was depressed. Everyone was suicidal. Everyone wanted to kill themselves. Um, a lot of people uh, found themselves just kind of mentally coasting through the days hoping not really that you know maybe they might see tomorrow maybe not maybe I'll see my friend tomorrow maybe I'll see my significant other tomorrow maybe I won't because at our young age be it middle high school we're still children we're still hurt we're so we feel neglected we feel alone and the only people we have to confide in are the same unknowledgeable like-minded like-aged peers with little experience and little justification for our actions i accepted that i acted in fear a lot i acted in haste I acted in um, a desire to not be what I wanted in life because trying to be uh, myself just wasn't working. I had to be more. I had to put myself to the forefront of things. I had to. I started the trip at 7 in the morning Uh, once the beam wore off it was maybe 12-ish o'clock getting close to 1 and in that time through listening to Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City Tim Pepper Butterfly and Damn albums consecutively in order I realized that in my youth I was a troubled and neglected child troubled mentally in the fact that the answers and questions that I had for life or that I was given to deal with uh, I didn't know what to do with them Um, but in in my adolescence I took what I had and I did what I could and that I can't take back but I can move forward with a better mindset and a more mature outlook on the actions I take in my responses emotionally to situations and how I interact with people If you feel you can learn something 
from uh, any music, any album, you should. You don't have to pop a bean to do it, but you do have to have the ability to look inward and find what makes you do the things you do. You have to be able to find the cause, the true cause. It takes deep, deep digging. But when you go in with that call from your internal self to make amends with uh, in your past wrongdoings, you'll know where to go. This has been a very long-winded, very sporadic, very random, very self-indulging episode of the Steady Talk podcast. Hopefully you've gained some insight as to how I interpret music, how I listen to music, what music does for me, and why I think music is just such an amazing, amazing creation. Uh, this is your solo host for this episode, Shamar. If you enjoy the Steady Talk podcast... Follow the uh, follow the podcast on Spotify. Follow everyone on Instagram. Check out for new episodes. Goodbye. It's on